Training camp underway here at Hallis Hall. The ramp up to full pads next Monday morning. Just helmets and shells the remainder of this week. Players Day off on Sunday, and we're here to cover it with my broadcast partner Tom Thayer from News Radio 780 and 105.9 FM WBBM. I'm Jeff Joniak. Thanks to our producers Jordan Treadup, Dan Brilli, and our friends here at the Score. Coming up in our next segment, we're joined by Bears starting quarterback Andy Dalton as we look forward to his work. And this is 11th NFL training camp. I dare say. I think you got to be approaching 40-some training camps of <laughs> some sort. I don't know. Not that many, but, I mean, it might be close. Uh, you know, 25 I st- years in, in, in broadcasting and, what, 11 training camps in the NFL? And then how many in the USFL? Three? Three. Yeah. So 14 plus 20. You're, you're knocking on 40's door. But you know what it is? It's always what's next. And it's kind of like if you listen to the approach of Matt Nagy. After you conclude a practice, it's about what can you improve? What do you have to pay attention to in the new details that present themselves every practice? So it's a lot like me. I could be through 40 training camps, but now I'm starting to think about today's practice, tomorrow's practice, and next week's events when they get into full pads. All right, let's get you up to date on what we heard from Matt Nagy this morning. Uh, because that's what he's doing before practice, the news conferences this year at training camp. And so uh, it is some concern, obviously, when anybody's not on the field that's a starter. Eddie Jackson, the safety, he is on the non-football injury list with a hamstring, a soft tissue injury. And then you got right tackle Jermaine Effetti on the pup list, time with a hip flexor. But no real concern, no major concern. He's just giving these guys time to heal up. There's a long camp. Uh, you okay with that? Yeah, right now I am. It's preventative medicine. You don't want to have these injuries escalate into a bigger issue where it prevents them from being on the field when the regular season gets here. Listen, Jermaine Effetti, he knows and understands what is in front of him. He understands how to get through a football season. So I would rather have a player come up and say, hey, I'm less than 100%. Get that issue ready. Give Larry Borum some extra reps. And Tariq Cohen, Daz Newsom there on the uh, pup list. We'll wait for their return at some point. Newsom injuring his uh, collarbone during a, a rookie minicamp. And then Robert Quinn, uh, a little bit of back tightness, working on the side in his first uh, day. But, uh, you know, we heard from him this week about his own expectations and, and owned up to what was a rough year for him, in his opinion, given the the output of over the course of his career about sacking quarterbacks. I guess it might have been just kind of hard on myself because I got high expectations. I might have just beat myself down mentally, but, I mean, I guess at the end of the day, I, I can erase 2020 because, well, put it behind me because, you know, again, it's on and over with. So now I can look forward to this year coming with a little more, a better positive mindset, um, a little more energetic, you know, happy mindset and, you know, try to give, you know, the Bears and my teammates and, you know, everyone the best version of myself as a person and player. And, you know, hopefully they get what they're looking for. You know, I, I believe what he's saying, too. And I think last year, you know, not having the offseason for a guy that moved to another team, um, playing a different position, frankly. He was a 4-3 guy. This is first time in a 3-4. He also intimated that, yes, there must have been conversations about how he – envision himself being used and what his strength is, which is clearly hand in the dirt, screaming off the edge and getting to the quarterback, even at his advancing age. 
and the Bears appear to be open to doing that. Matt Nagy says, yes, we will use him to his strengths, but he will also be used the way we, we would like to use him in the base of our scheme as well. Yeah, I mean, listen, he's capable of doing everything that's required of him. What I like out of the first couple of days of practice that he's in the hip pocket of Khalil Mack because you think about the relationship that they've been able to forge. He, you know, he didn't know a lot about Khalil. They weren't teammates, and now he has a year to spend around him. And when I see... The enthusiasm in which Khalil approaches practice, I want this to be contagious to Robert Quinn because he has to have that same positive mental attitude that's needed from every player, especially Robert. I got to talk about Matt Nagy this morning, too, and he mentioned it in the introductory news conference this week on Tuesday with General Manager Ryan Pace, but just what he's learned. There, there is a lot of... Uh, introspective moments for a head coach. They sit in that office grinding every single day. They never are able to turn it off. Yeah, there's a summer break. They go on and do things with their family as he did this uh, this summer, but you're always thinking, you're always in contact, likely in his case, with his quarterbacks, Andy Dalton and Justin Fields. He's got a very good relationship with David Montgomery. Cole Komet's in his office breaking down tape, so it's always on. But look at himself in the mirror and saying what I didn't do right, what I need to work on as a head coach, let alone play caller and offensive designer, um, he takes that stuff to heart. And he's always been that way since we've known him. And he really took it to heart this offseason. And the end result now is what we'll start to see in training camp, what his expectations are. But uh, what do you think when you hear uh, a first-time head coach entering his fourth camp looks himself in the mirror and, and, and basically dresses himself down? And, oh, yeah, in the midst of a pandemic, yeah. and oh yeah, they're changing location of a training camp, and oh yeah, there's another defensive coordinator that you got to fit into the mix. I like the fact that he talked about going outside the box when he needed some advice, not only his mentors inside the football business, but outside that realm of life, because you know they're faced with a lot of issues that I think that can benefit Matt Nagy. I think Nagy has handled everything very efficiently, and when you can admit to yourself that you have to get better at different aspects of what your role is, I think it's beneficial for you in the long run. So I'm always excited to see what the next step is, the next decision is for Matt, and how it benefits the team. And what he seeks from the 2021 Bears, he made clear this week. I want no complacency is something that we've talked about. Uh, it's easy to have these rah-rah speeches on day one of training camp, and but the focus is going to be on on making sure that we don't get complacent in any area, that we're great teachers as coaches. And they've always tried to be great teachers. He also says practice is going to be 100 miles an hour. Good. And I think Matt Nagy has a group of veterans here that he can rely on those guys conveying that message from the locker room to the practice field because you don't want to sit there and have your head coach sit, tell these guys every single day what he expects out of them, the attitude and the effort level. That's got to be something that's presented by his marquee guys on this football team. And I think they all have the ability to – be thrust into that leadership role to bring along the other players that not need to be encouraged to practice harder, but just show how they practice as hard as they do to be an influence to the guys that are fighting for reps. All right, you're in that room, first team meeting of the season, training camp about to commence. It's the ramp-up period, but he stands before you as a player, and this is what he says. You're going to see and feel a team that practices hard. And, and so that emphasis that we're talking about is going to be on a different level than what y'all have seen in three years here with me. So the practices that we have are going to be fast. There's going to be no walking around. 
They're going to, every rep is going to count. And you might see in 10 reps, you might see a starter get four reps, but those four reps are going to be 100 miles an hour. And if they're not, they won't be on the field. That's the kicker. If not, they won't be on the field, no matter who it is. Okay, so Matt, you put it out there to the public. This is on a radio station that a lot of people are going to listen to, and there's going to be fans at practice. So they're going to want to see that effort displayed in in the practices out there. But Matt sounds to me like a first-year head coach, a guy that's trying to change the environment to what he's expected of the guys on the practice field. And Jeff, we're going to be here every single day. So, you know, we'll be able to evaluate those words as strong as they came out of Coach Nagy. Well, storms moved through the area last night. Nice morning leading to practice on fields one and two here at Hallis Hall today. A well-designed layout for fans, Tom, and media, football operations, players. The whole place looks great. It sparkles. And now uh, let's let's uh, hope to see some really good competition when they when they get the pads on starting on next Monday. Coming up next, Bears starting quarterback Andy Dalton here on Bears All Access with Tom Thayer. I'm Jeff Joniak. We're brought to you by IGS Energy on Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score. Welcome back to Bears All Access. We're brought to you by IGS Energy. Choose clean energy for your home at IGS.com because every good choice adds up to a better world. With Tom Thayer, Jeff Joniak, and pleased to kick off our training camp coverage for 2021 here on Bears All Access with starting quarterback of the Chicago Bears, Andy Dunn. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for taking out some time. How you feeling? Doing good. Glad to be back and back to work. Uh, was this Camp 11 for you? Camp 11. Camp 11. Uh, they all have their own little angle to them. And, and for Bears fans, uh, whom you've already uh, seen on the field, obviously, with the first practice today, uh, I'll tell you, they're passionate. And you've been in some great places in Cincinnati and Dallas. But uh, first time for them at Hallis Hall, it's a treat. I bet they never thought they'd be able to be at the Bears facility. But I think uh, – there's many adjectives to describe each and every camp. What what are yours right now by your feelings? If you had to come up with some adjectives uh, on the uh, on the start of this season with a brand new franchise, in in particular this franchise. Yeah, I think there's a lot of excitement, and I mean, you throw in training camp this year now with fans that missed out a, on a year of football, not being able to be there, and all that kind of stuff. So. Um, and to just understand the passion that uh, this city has for the Bears and uh, that the fans have. So we're looking forward to it. We're excited to be back to work and uh, back to playing some football again. You know, Andy, so my first eight years I played for the Bears, and then I went and played for the Miami Dolphins. For an offensive guard going another team, all I do is look at the sheet, and I see where the guards go, and that's all I have to learn. What did you learn last year from going from Cincinnati to Dallas that can help you go from Dallas to Chicago in terms of learning the system and everything you, that is required from a quarterback? Right, and you know, I've I've been in a lot of different systems in my 11 years. I think this is my seventh or eighth offense mm. that I've been in in, uh, in that time. So learning a new new playbook and learning new schemes like really isn't, uh, you know, it, it, it's kind of become second nature uh, just because I've had to do it so much. But I think it's really more learning personalities, learning guys, learning how guys operate and, um, you know, I think having some of the OTAs and have, having a chance to, to get in and, Call plays, get get in and out of the huddle, make sure the communication's there. I think there's a lot of things that kind of go into it, and um, you know, it was a new place last year for me being in Dallas. It's a new place this year for me being here in Chicago, and uh, there's a lot of experiences I can take from that. A couple days ago, General Manager Ryan Pace and Head Coach Matt Nagy had their introductory news conference, and they uh, Ryan expressed a calmness, and that comes from their four years together. Now they they work very well together, but. I think they were also alluding to you being here, and that calms their 
uh, anxieties a little bit uh, on the uh, start of a season because of, of your history and your intelligence uh, about football. And I think the team is feeding off of that already. Do you get that vibe? And, and have you always had that vibe? I went back to your days at Texas uh, Christian and, and, and going back and reading about how coaches felt about you and, and when the Bengals were scouting you, they had that same impression uh, 11 years ago. Yeah, I think that comes with having a lot of confidence in what I know I can do. And, you know, I've been a part of some really good teams just throughout my career, going back all the way from high school, all the way, I mean, all the way down. I feel like I've been a part of winning programs. and um, State champion, right? Uh, yeah. Or uh, not. And, uh, well. Katy, Texas. Uh, I was. I mean, there's a lot of history of, uh, you know, state championship there. I unfortunately lost in the state game my senior year, but, you know. Uh, Still bug you? Yeah, it still bugs me for sure. 40, 40, <laughs> the, 42 the, touchdowns your senior year 42, in high school. Yeah. I can't believe that. He's it it five was a big. Game. The year before, uh, and I mean, just K- Katie, the, the high school I went to is known for, for running the ball. So to throw 42 touchdowns was, was, was pretty right. cool. I know you're still answering that question, but I got to bring my guy in here. Joliet Catholic, so- Southern Suburbs here of Chicago. Uh, they don't believe in yeah. throwing the ball. We basically so. only we basically yeah. <laughs> you know four or five passes a game for us is a lot. We but. went to a game uh, uh, many years ago, and he goes, "You got to go around the sidelines against Riverside Brookfield, yeah. right, uh, in the western suburbs." And Julia Catholic ran the ball every snap, and Riverside Brookfield threw it every snap. Who do you think won the game? Went through it. No. The team that yeah. ran it <laughs> right down to the last snap. Well, I guess I should say who was the quarterback, you know. Yeah. <laughs> 51 oh, to 50, to... and yeah, it went down to that. the last play of the game. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, there's a, a lot of different high school offenses and a lot of different ways of doing it. But, you know, uh, Matt, he was paying you a compliment, anticipatory, and I had to say it to myself a lot because it's not like – so the anticipated throws that you – put it into the receivers. So is it you know in the system well enough that you can put the ball into a spot where you expect them to be? And if there is a you know a maybe a yard short, a yard deep or whatever, can you go and have that conversation immediately with these guys and say, hey, this is what I expect out of you uh, on this certain anticipated throw? Yeah, you know, I think uh Matt that's one of his words that he loves to say, anticipatory <laughs> throws, and, uh, you know, that kind of buzzword. But I, I think it's understanding, okay, when the ball snap, what coverage are they playing, where are you going with the ball, and putting it in the right spot and making sure everybody's on the same page. And so I think for me, just playing uh, the game for so long, I understand the timing of how it should look and how it should feel and making sure our receivers and our skill position players understand that and know that. And so, you know, I, like you said, if there is a guy that's a yard shorter or he's a little bit deep on certain things, I understand that because I, I know the rhythm and the timing of how it should look and where it should be. And, uh, you know, that all comes down to anticipation. If you can get the ball out of your hands quick and on time, uh, it, gives your, uh, it gives the offense the advantage. Bears starting quarterback Andy Dalton here on Chicago Sports Radio 670. The score, this is Bears All Access, brought to you by IGS Energy. With Tom Thayer, I'm Jeff Joniak. Uh, let's go back to your rookie year because talking about the anticipatory, a New York Times story they did on you in November of your rookie season, your second-round pick. Uh, and at the time it was written, the Bengals saw something they badly needed at that time with a veteran defense, a young, brand-new offense, and they needed steadiness. Is that your calling card? I think so, and I, and I feel like that's just kind of how I've been throughout my football career is 
you know, never getting too high, never getting too low. And there be times you let out a little bit of frustration, but then you got to move on. You know, that's playing this position. You can't hold on to anything. You got to move on, whether it's good or bad. And I feel like I've, it's just kind of how I've played throughout my career. And so, I mean, steadiness, kind of what you were talking about earlier, what, what Matt and, and Ryan were talking about, just, uh, you know, just kind of that uh, steadiness of, of playing the game and having, you know, for me, I understand I've got full control of, of this thing. And so uh, to be able to direct and make sure everybody's on the same page, hopefully I give them a confidence where they can, uh, you know, understand that they're going to get the most out of me. When, when you see some of your <clears throat> developing experiences with A.J. Green, and then you go out on the field and you see a guy like uh, Allen Robinson, can you bring a selection of plays with you maybe? You said, okay, I've always liked this throughout my career. This is a position I can put these guys in. This is a play that I like against the specific coverages. You've got a lot of experience, and that's what they expect from experienced quarterbacks. Do you feel that you can bring some of those plays in your backpack and say, hey, Matt, I like these? Absolutely. You know, that's one thing when I when I signed here, you know, just talking with them, we've talked through, okay, the offense that of, of what this team has done and then also some things that I really like. And, um, you know, I think there'll be some give and take with, with everything, make sure everybody's comfortable with what we're doing. But like you said, you know, I had AJ for so long, so we were really good at, at certain things. And we knew ex- I knew exactly where he was going to be on, on certain things. And I'm here to build chemistry with all of our guys, but uh, – AJ and Allen, they're they're different receivers, so I mean their skill sets are just a, are are different in certain things. Um, so I mean we'll we'll find the things that that we're that we're going to get really good at, and 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 definitely have those in. Andy, the game's a chess match; it always has been. So over the years, have you noticed how defenses uh, is there trends to develop on what they want to take away from you, regardless of all the different systems? And have you had to morph into different aspects of your talents, tap into different aspects of it, and Maybe even recreate yourself a little bit from time to time. Yeah, you know, I think you, you try to find uh, every year ways to just improve your game. And, you know, this year being in a new system around new guys, all kind of, it's, it's really just building the chemistry with our, with our guys. And so I, I've, like I said, this is my 11th year playing. I, I feel like I've There's seen nothing everything. Seen, yeah. I feel like I've, I've seen a lot of stuff and, uh, I can pull from those experiences, you know, even even being with Bill Lazor, it's like we can go back and talk about, oh, yeah, back in, in 17 they did this, and 18, and we'll remember that game, this one play, all that kind of stuff. We've already been doing it. So that's just kind of how this works, and I, I think it just comes with playing the game. More with Andy Dalton, Bears starting quarterback, coming up after a break. This is Bears All Access with top there, Jeff Joniak, here on Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score. The Chicago Bears, one of the teams on the Chicago Sports Alliance, are supporting Reed Chicago's gun violence reduction efforts. Learn more at heartlandalliance.org slash Reed. Jeff Joniak, Tom there with Bears starting quarterback Andy Dalton. A few more minutes with the Bears starting quarterback. Uh, middle finger, left hand. Tell me about <laughs> it. Middle finger, left hand. Going back to high school, yeah. <laughs> the significance you know, of it. Yeah, well, unfortunately, I've had some some bad luck with the, with, with fingers. You know, middle finger, left hand. I broke it in uh, in a playoff game, uh, but finish the season uh, affect anything. It's, it's the two times I've broke my thumb and tore a ligament in my thumb in, in the NFL that uh, that affected where I wasn't able to play. 
Hey, how is the relationship developing with Sam Mustafer, the center here? Because I think there's a unique bond between quarterback and center, either the rhythm of your cadence, how it fits along with all the offensive line, or just, you know, his snap trajectory. How, how is that young relationship developing? It's been great. You know, Sam, he's a, he's a really smart player, and he's going to do everything he can to make sure we're communicating well. And I think that's the biggest thing is making sure that we're on the same page just from a protection standpoint, understanding when we need to uh, change protections, you know, re-ID things and all that kind of stuff. So I think that's one thing that we're just continuing to work together. But it, it's been fun to, to be around him and just to see how he not only directs that offensive line but kind of gets everybody on the same page. How did you like football atmosphere last year? Because we talk about no crowds in the stadium, where as broadcasters, if Jeff and I were in the stadium – as an ex as an ex offensive lineman, man, you can hear so much. Was there anything that you had to uh, like tone down your tempo, or was it you know still full go? No, nah, I feel like it was it was full go. You know, the the thing that was nice, you never had to worry about going on a silent cadence and so right. having to, having right. to deal with that. Um, but you know, we were fortunate in Dallas last year that we were still able to have some fans, so you had a little bit of you know sense of uh, normalcy. But every time we played on the road, we we didn't have any fans. Last year in Dallas, uh, and I know you mentioned this uh, about the competitiveness you felt, even being Dak's uh, backup to start the year until his injury, um, was that something you had to feel and to just because it's not simple going leaving a franchise where you started and had so much success, and then tackling a new one, knowing you got a young player there in front of you, um, was that important that you felt that fire burning and you knew it when you you weren't able to get in the games until he got hurt. For sure. I, I think for me, you know, I we didn't have preseason games either. So I, d I had to like really find myself and find my like way once the season started because it's like I've always been the guy out there. And then uh, those first couple games standing on the sideline, okay, you know, trying to help out as much as I can, but just kind of find my role and where I fit into all that. But also realizing that I want to be the guy on the field. I want to be the guy that's helping this team win. And so I think there is a little extra fuel that, that came from that. Was there any transition time at all? Because when Dak got hurt, man, Andy, you're the starter. You're going to be there for the rest of the season. And I know when you are a starter and then you kind of take that backup role for as long as it happens, then all of a sudden you don't get a lot of notification. It's this guy's hurt, you're in. Right, yeah. I think the the good thing that I went in is, like, I prepared the same way as if I was the guy. Like, I – the. Being able, playing for so long, it's like I have a good routine of how I'm going into these games, understanding the game plan, understanding the film study and all that kind of stuff. So once it happened, it was like, all right, give me my rib protector, let's get my helmet, and let's get this thing going. Andy Dalton, our guest here on Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. This is Bears All Access training camp underway here at Hallisaw with Tom Thayer, Jeff Joniak. Tell us about the quarterback room. What's it like? It's going to be a question, obviously, that's going to continue all season long, the uh, – prying eyes in the, in, the, in the writers and the broadcasters in this town uh, with quarterbacks. It's it's an everyday discussion, even in the offseason. So, Andy Dalton, Justin Fields, and Nick Foles. We've got a great room. You know, for me, uh, one before we drafted Justin, and it was uh, me and Nick. Nick's a guy that I've known since high school, have followed since high school, just being te uh, Texas guys. He's just a year, he's a year younger than me, like – and we've been around each other a little bit, but have never really spent an extended amount of time around each other. So just building that relationship and um, 
it's been really cool because I followed his whole career. And then we added Justin into the mix, a young, talented player. Um, I think Nick and I both are just trying to help him out as, as, as much as we can, kind of just – you know, first steps into the NFL, and um, we, we've got a really good room. And then you throw all the coaches in the mix too that we've got in there. It's a it's a fun room to be in. You know, you have talented running stats. So the development from going from a West Coast offense to an RPO offense is has that helped your career? Has that been beneficial to you because of the talents and the traits you have? Yeah, I, I think for me, one of the biggest things is like uh, I get the ball in my hands quick, make quick decisions, and uh, and get the ball out. And so now you throw in. Uh, West Coast offense, down you throw in some of the RPO stuff where you uh, have some advantage throws and different things like that. I mean, I've, I think all that stuff fits me. You had a lot of experience over the years, obviously, doing uh, standing at the podiums and doing news conferences and, and getting that barrage of questions even on the national level because of your playoff past. And then in the Cowboys, it's, it's such a big market, and such as this one as well. H- how do you handle what will be questions every week about Justin and how he's doing because they're going to care about what you do, but they're also going to care about what he does. Yeah, uh, there's a lot of excitement, I think, just around because uh, of the quarterback position is such an important position, especially here in Chicago. And, um, you know, Justin had a great college career, and there's there, there's that buzz and excitement around him. But I'm not worried about Justin. I'm worried about what I'm doing and what I'm going to do to help this team win. And hopefully people will see that, and hopefully people will feel that. And uh, when uh, when Justin gets his time, I'm, I'm sure he's going to do great. But right now it's uh, I'm focused on what I'm going to do to help this team win. You were day one starter in the National Football League. Sorry, I cut you off. Day one starter. Did you Have you ever, even just for kicks, gone back and said, huh, I wonder if we redrafted where I'd be? You know, as opposed to a second-round pick. Because yeah, look at the career, man. No, I, I mean, you can go back and think about that, but I'm so thankful I went went when I did and where I did because I think it set me up to have the career that I've had. I think I got around the right staff. I was on the right team at the right time, and it kind of you know set the foundation for me to get into the NFL. So it's not always how high you get drafted. It's kind of going to the right situation, and I felt like out of that draft I, I went to a good spot. He's still mad. Yeah. Yeah, fourth rounder, I got screwed. (laughs) Well, they passed over a couple more times. Second round, you know, 35th pick, so I didn't have to wait around too long. When you were at the Combine, were you looking at the other quarterbacks and saying, hey, I fit in this quarterback draft and I fit in this room and, you know, I'm, you know, just had to appreciate your talents that you were putting on display? Yeah, I I think you you go to those Combines, you go to the thing where you're around other guys and you're going to be looking like, okay, you know, Who's the guy out here? All right, I I feel like I'm better than him. I feel like I'm better than him. I feel like I can do some some good things. And uh, you know how it is. Some guys get hyped up, and then they get taken high, and it may not uh, work out as well. So, uh, I mean, there's all different ways of, of get, get going about it. Two questions to wrap this up. I read, I believe this is right, you're a guitar player, and you did a, you know, you like playing certain certain guys. So what are you playing these days, or are you? You know, that's one thing. I'm uh, I'm mad at myself for not bringing my guitar up here to Chicago. It's still sitting at my house uh, back in Dallas. Um, but I play a lot of uh, Christian music and country music, so um, I, I'm okay. I, I'm, I'm a good campfire uh, 
guitar player. How's that left middle finger work? It works just fine. I, I got it fixed. Well, you know, you got a couple country guys on this team that love Roquan Smith loves country. So, yeah. Yeah, loves country music. We'll see think. if he can sing. I'll get the guitar out and C see what he can Cody Whitehair yeah. as well. So, all right, lastly, what are your expectations for this 2021 Ball club, and we, we certainly appreciate you being here uh, here today in our final minute with you, uh, because there's there's a lot of sleeping giants. I think we both agree on both sides of the ball, for that matter, and a good core of, uh, of veteran players that have earned their marks in this league already. And now, you know, if they play to their potential, there could be uh, a lot of great news with the Chicago Bears. What's your perspective? Yeah, we, you know, we've got high expectations for ourselves. I think there's a lot of uh, players that are hungry and, and and ready to get to work, and so. I'm looking forward to this year. I think everybody's excited to be back uh, playing football again. And, um, you know, there's there's a lot of potential on this team. We just got to go out there and prove it each week. Well, when the Bengals brought him in the league, they were looking for a guy with character, mental toughness, work ethic, and, of course, talent. They picked Andy Dalton. He's now a Chicago Bears starting quarterback. Thanks so much. Thanks, Andy. Yeah, thanks, Appreciate guys. it. More of the show coming up next. We'll hear from Bears head coach Matt Nagy and general manager Ryan Pace with Tom Thayer. I'm Jeff Joniak here on Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score segment of Bears All Access is brought to you by Athletico Physical Therapy. Visit athletico.com to request an appointment in clinic or virtually and start feeling better tomorrow. Back with Tom Thayer, Jeff Joniak here at Hallis Hall. Uh, we heard Andy Dalton uh, for 20 minutes, Tom, and uh, I'd have to say, uh, very enjoyable uh, young man. Uh, knew he would be. Uh, that was our first face-to-face with him. Uh, loves the game, but the overriding feeling I got out of those 20 minutes is that don't mess with him. He's, he's confident. And he's competitive. Right. I, I'm glad you said that because I liked the confidence that he displayed. And he realizes this is his job. And this is not a job that was handed to him. This is a job that he's earned over the last 10 years. So it's going to be exciting to watch the put this uh, offense in motion. And from the press conference a couple days ago, and we talked about it here, anticipatory throws. And I think that puts a lot of pressure on the receivers. Because don't look for the ball to be there during your route. You look for the ball to be there as soon as you conclude your route and that's one of the things that Matt likes about Andy Dalton and so here it is going to be on display you're going to have a some marquee receivers to throw the ball to get them in a position to succeed through the hands of the quarterback and here's what Allen Robinson thinks of Andy Dalton Andy's a pro you know I mean he's played a lot of ball you know he's played in different offenses played played with some pretty high profile receivers you know so um I'm definitely excited to be able to to continue to work more and more with him you know just from the conversations and stuff that I've had with him and 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 uh, some of the reps that we got in mandatory mini camp you know I'm definitely excited you know what I mean like I said before um he's a guy who knows the game you know um, he knows different schemes he knows defenses you know so e- even being able for myself to learn from a guy like him based on some of his prior experiences and some of the things that he's been through in this league all this while Justin Fields learns on the job tries to get his uh, best foot forward as soon as possible and, and let the chips fall where they may when we wind up uh, at the end of training camp and seeing just how far he's developed. But with Robinson, the idea of timing and anticipation, who's an outstanding right runner, a route runner, this is probably music to his ears. Well, you know, earlier this year we heard uh, Allen Robinson at the press conference saying that he's trying to work on speed that he can turn an 8-yard gain into a 12-yard gain. And that's part of the anticipatory throws by Andy Dalton. If he puts Allen Robinson in a position where he's catching the ball in front of the defender, you're going to see those plays that, yeah, if he wants 12 yards, they're going to become 20-yarders. And that's what could be so exciting for Allen Robinson. Yeah, just like he told us this 
this week? You know, we focus on a lot of, you know, uh, speed endurance, you know, and and uh, and uh, muscle endurance, being able to, to not only, you know, get faster from a standpoint where you're just running faster, but, you know, being able to hold that top speed for longer, you know, being able to, to run at the highest speed, you know, for longer distances, being able to get that, get to that top speed quicker, you know, being able to get, you know, to the top speed, you know, stop, change direction, then get back to it, you know, as fast as possible. So being able to do all those little things and focus on all those little nuances in my game, you know, along with adding some of the, you know, technicalities and technical things when it comes to route running. Well, I, I like that he worked on those things. Everybody's got to work on something. The off season we heard about David Montgomery doing the same with his speed and uh, speed is is a big deal. Speed gets you paid also. <laughs> right, but, you know, let's not unrealistically look for 80-yard touchdowns by Allen Robinson every time he touches the ball. To me, can he add 15 more first downs to the catches that he's, you know, that the numbers that he'll put up there? On and third I, down. First right. down catches on third right. down, right? Just give, me, just give me first downs mounting up because I think when you keep the offense on the field, you're going to keep your defense fresh. You're going to give all these guys an opportunity to succeed because if you turn that eight-yard catch into a first-down opportunity, it's going to have um, explosive opportunities for your offense. What did you think about moving on from Anthony Miller? We uh, we banged the table for the guy for a few years and uh, just never realized his potential. Listen, here. man, I hope Anthony Miller goes to Houston and has a great you know future to his career. But I think the Bears got into a position where you know Riley Ridley, Javon Wims, uh, Bird, uh, Marquise Goodwin, all these guys are going to have an opportunity to succeed in his place. And you know, Jeff, every time a guy moves on from a football team, there's ten guys waiting in the wings for their opportunities because there's going to be a guy in this receiver room that, man, we may not know a lot about right now. But because of a, a player moving on, and now you're maybe gifted a couple more reps during practice or in preseason games, someone, you know, that cream may rise at the top. Well, it always happens in uh, training camp. But I personally always fall in love with some receivers. So somebody's going to grab my attention. Uh, of course, you, you did not mention Darnell Mooney. And without the benefit of an offseason a year ago and normal progress uh, for a rookie, he still had a very solid season for a fifth-round pick. And I think uh, the most excitement outside of the new speed added to that mix is just where his development comes from. Well, I, I'm already thinking of Darnell Mooney and Allen Robinson being on yeah, this one first and two. unit. Now we need to see who that guy is going to take the next step. And listen, man, as much as that you are holding out for Anthony Miller, I'm still holding out for Riley Ridley because I still see a guy that is a talented receiver and maybe with a quarterback that has better anticipation to his throws or a little bit more foot versatility of Justin Fields, maybe it'll exploit what his skills are. All right, you had to love what Matt Nagy had to say about the running game and the desire uh, of giving David Montgomery his share, 20-plus carries a game if it works out, and the addition of, of what Damian Williams can bring from his days at Kansas City. No, it, it's. I think it's it's very doable, and, and I know um, – you know, when I was asked that question, you start getting into the analytics and you start talking numbers. And um, when you look at where David has been the last couple of years, he, he's getting him the football is a good thing. And he, he can make a lot of people miss that, that aren't blocked. Uh, he can make guys miss that are blocked. And um, for us, when you're able to get in that fourth quarter and you have the lead and you can hand the ball off to David Montgomery, that's a good thing. Unfortunately, we haven't been in that situation enough in the past two years. So it's limited him a little bit with carries. A lot of a lot of these big backs or these guys that get these heavier carries, 
are getting them in the fourth quarter and it's jumping their numbers up a little. So that 20 number was a part of that when you're winning in the fourth. But that, Tom, that is always the case about carries and attempts. If, if you're trying to finish the job in the fourth quarter when you put your offensive line, dig in the ground and start clearing the path, work that clock and, and finish the job, that, that is when carries go up. How would you like to see it structured? You know what? I, I don't care about analytics when you're talking about the running game because it's about a commitment. And that's when you t- only – and I'm also frustrated by just hearing fourth quarter because if you're going to have David Montgomery with carries in the fourth quarter, it's because you gave him carries in the first and second quarter. So that's where the numbers are going to have to increase is the opportunity to capitalize down a fatigue defense in the fourth quarter because you've already beat them up in the first and second quarter. All right, offensive line, let's talk about it. Sam Mustafer at center, flanked by Cody Whitehair on the left and James Daniels on the right. A healthy Jermaine Fetty on the right tackle spot. And then the battle for left tackle with Tevin Jenkins getting that opportunity. So far not able to practice in the first couple of days because of back tightness. And then a, a big list of players. There's 15 overall offensive linemen, some with experience. Not a lot of left tackle experience, obviously, on this roster, but guys that are versatile that will fill those swing roles at guard and tackle. Where do you see the offensive line position at this point at training camp? Uh, you know, powerful with depth on the inside. And when you think of guys like Alex Bars, he's got versatility where he can go from center to guard to probably left tackle. To me, a guy like Larry Borum, a rookie, you got to prove to me he can't play left tackle. Because when I watch the fluidity of his feet and his ability to bounce around, I think that you can construct his balance to work over there. I know Tevin Jenkins is the guy that's been anointed to be the starting left tackle on this team, but I need to see the guy on on the field and do I have concern when you talk about a back issue this early in camp yes however if it's just an obstacle that he's going to overcome within a week's time and he's in and there getting positive reps I'm okay with it you know when you read the tea leaves on injuries and you th- see things like okay if Fetty's got a hip flexor you ever have one uh, no yeah I don't you know uh, how, what kind of uh, length of time is that is and when it when it's back stiffness you know, th- that's just precautionary. Yeah, yeah, listen, back stiffness, I came in, I had back surgery. So I know what back stiffness is all about, and it's something that you can work through. Again, this early in the season, I'm okay with him maybe taking an extra week to get his back loosened up and then come out here fresh and ready to go. But, you know, I, it's, I've always liked the attitude that Tevin Jenkins has presented, that he is a tough guy and he's a guy that's willing to play at less than 100%. So as the preseason games approach, Let's hopefully he let's hopefully he gets on the field. And training camp twenty twenty one with Tom Thayer. I'm Jeff Joniak here on Chicago Sports Radio six seventy the score. See your 2021 Chicago Bears at Soldier Field for the first time this season. Get tickets for the Meyer Bears Family Fest at ChicagoBears.com. With Tom Thayer, I'm Jeff Joniak, getting you ready for training camp. If you are so fortunate to have picked up one of those lottery spots and are able to check things out. I think you're going to love what you see here at Hallis. Hopefully Mother Nature cooperates every day and we'll have some fun and uh, get the fans in front of the players once again. There's still protocols, so it's going to be a little bit different, you know, getting autographs and things like that, a little bit of adjustment, but it's just it was good to see the fans this morning. Hey, Matt talked about in this press conference the emotional impact that they have in practices and at games, and um, we talked about it with Andy Dalton the first time in his career, you know, preparing and playing games without fans. 
They play an important role. They play an important role in the end. Adrenaline they supply for you to get ready, their emotional support, and their commitment to the football team. So for me, I'm excited to see the fans surrounding the practice field. All right, one of the big news items was the return of Eddie Goldman. Uh, Eddie uh, saying it was tough, uh, that he was watching games, frustrated, had some regrets, but he did opt out last year, but he came back in great shape, spent the year in California, and uh, every player that uh, has uh, that we've interviewed and run into have had nothing but great things to say and are happy to see Eddie Goldman. So now it's just uh, back and getting to uh, football shape, get on the field and start making plays. You know, we always talk about the eye test, and I was impressed by what I saw out of Eddie Goldman throughout the practices thus far. He looks like he's in shape. He looks powerful. He's got a good relationship with the defensive linemen, so he fits right back in the group immediately. I know that Matt has always talked about how introverted he is. I would rather see him be more of an extrovert to show more enthusiasm at the line of scrimmage and within the defense, within the huddle, and then I think that it's not going to lead to him making plays, but at least that outward sign of enthusiasm is important for other players to see. You know, when you're an introvert, you're an introvert. You know, you got to, as Matt says, be you. I just think it's more of, you know, he keeps to himself off the field too, but I do think he likes the game. He, I, he loves the game and he loves his teammates. I think guys in the locker room are a lot more extroverted than maybe you see on right. the practice field itself. So behind the scenes, Eddie Goldman, you know, he's a teammate that these guys really enjoy being around. But Eddie Goldman, you also have skill where you were rewarded a big-time contract as a reflection of what the Bears expect you to be. A pro ball alternate a few years ago. Here's Khalil Mack. Got a nose that can take on double teams that's a thousand pounds and, and make it look easy and shed blocks and, and make it hard for those running backs to get out of the backfield uh it's, it's hell for those guards and those centers and so uh just understanding his strengths he, he brings all different types of intangibles as well you know what i'm saying not only stopping the run but he can he can pass rest as well so uh, just having a guy like that back is a uh, huge yeah same thing roquan smith said if you talk to danny Tra- trevathan he'll say the same thing as well for the inside linebackers Well, you know, the one thing about Eddie Goldman, he's not one-dimensional. Like Khalil says, he's got versatility where he can move up and down the line of scrimmage, and he can be a pass rusher if the offensive formation their faces needs it. So Eddie Goldman, I think with the more experience he gets, he can become a pass rusher as well as a run stopper. All right, let's talk Khalil Mack. Spent some considerable time talking about him because uh, I I really enjoyed what he had to say. Also a a look-in-the-mirror type of guy, and he's never going to make excuses. That's not his deal. He had a shoulder last year. He was on the injury report a lot. Never said it was the reason why his pass rush wasn't what he felt it could be and what it will be in the future. Still was one of the best pressure guys in the NFL, but uh, there is big expectations for Khalil Mack, and he draws attention from the opposition no matter what, no matter where he lines up. And with uh, the guy on the other side trying to rebound as well, Robert Quinney feels these two can be uh, a lethal pair. Just, yeah, I mean... Say what we can do, get to the damn quarterback. You know what I'm saying? That's what we that's what we got paid to do. Uh, come in and affect the, the game by getting to the quarterback and, and create turnovers and short fields for this offense. And ultimately, that's the goal. You know what I'm saying? And of course, we're not satisfied with the result last year. Uh, so it's work to be done, man. And enough talking. Yeah, enough talking. Time for action. He made that clear. 
Right. You know, so far the early signs when you see Khalil on the practice field, one thing I admire about him most is he doesn't have to be invited to be in shape. He's always in great shape. He always pushes himself during the course of practice. And if he does stay healthy and he can be influenced on that defense with the other players around him, then you're going to see Khalil Mack, like he said, what he got paid here to do is come and put pressure on the quarterback. We see evidence of it all the time, but you got to see more destruction out of it and getting to the quarterback, dislodging the football, getting the uh, the strip sacks, and then being complimented by Robert Quinn and the rest of the defense. So everybody takes part in Khalil's skills. And the prominent trait Matt Nagy wants to see from the Bears' defense is quite clear. Everywhere you look, I want that ball coming out. I want fumbles, interceptions, tip passes. I mean, like I when they go to bed and I just think about intercepting the football. You know, stripping that football, be like crazy about it. Everywhere you like, we we have to get takeaways this year. I can remember going to training camp and going against the best defense in the NFL for five years at training camp, and it made the games easier. It made the games faster and more physical for the offense, And but it's because that we are practicing every day against the defense that has the traits that Matt Nagy's talking about. All right, let's go to general manager Ryan Pace as we break down the cornerback job because Jalen Johnson on one side and then a battle on the inside and other outside position. Desmond Trufant, first up in the conversation with Pace feeling that he can compete for that starting job and a player to keep an eye on. Yeah, with Trufant, we've studied him a lot over the years from Atlanta to Detroit. And I think, unfortunately, last year there was some soft tissue stuff that came up with hamstrings. So, you know, we're getting ahead of that right now with our staff, you know, trying to stay the head of the curve on that. But Trufant, we still feel, has the stickiness to play man coverage, the suddenness, all those things. So it'll be good to see it all play out this camp. And there'll be good competition there. I know we talked about Vildor. Yeah, we'll talk about Vildor next, but uh, you have the floor on Trufant. Trufant, he's always had the skill. He's always displayed it that he's got the ability to play cornerback in the NFL and the different types of coverages that's required out of him. It's just a matter. You stay healthy, you will be on the field. Now, Vildor had been one of the big topic points so far in the offseason. We'll see how he does in camp in year two. Got a lot of valuable playtime down the stretch, and he definitely can push for the starting job. You know, he has that kind of ability. He looked really good uh, this offseason. Um, when I think about these young emerging uh, players on our team, he's definitely one of them, and he's such a pro. Um, the way the way he prepares and the way he goes about his, his daily plan and He's a talented player that we were really excited to get in that area of the draft, and the sky's the limit. And just like Jalen Johnson, the expectations for Jalen Johnson are through the roof. Now, if you can connect on a guy like Kendall Vildor that is pushed by Trufant or is able to push Trufant, I think it's the, that's where the Bears' defensive backfield can capitalize. All right, that's going to wrap up our show for Tom Thayer. I'm Jeff Joniak. Thanks to Andy Dalton and our producers, Jordan Treadup, Dan Barelli. And the folks at the score. That's going to do it for us. Thanks for listening, everybody. This has been Bears All Access on Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score. Have a great night, everybody.